Welcome to this week's episode of Safe Room, BladeDisgusting.com's Dead Pixels horror video game podcast, delivering a horrifying new episode every Saturday. I'm one of your hosts, Jay Krieger. And I'm the other one, Neil Paul. And this week we're chatting about Aliens Fireteam Elite from Cold Iron Studios, in which up to three players take on the role of the Alien Universe's ultimate badasses, Colonial Marines, and square off with a variety of xenomorph mutations. Now, Neil, it's uh, not much of an understatement to say that uh, you and I are quite fond of the Alien Universe, yeah? Yeah, just a bit. I think, you know, we've, already, <laughs> we've already done an episode on Alien Isolation, so it was almost inevitable we come to this point. Um, we were lucky enough to both be able to play this early. I mean, by the, now, obviously, the game has come out since then, but uh, yeah, we've we, we've put the hours in, you know, so, so, so and uh, given it a fair old shake. But um, with this, you know, I think I will caveat straight away that never did I think it would be anything like Alien Isolation or as good as, even though, you know, I understood it was trying to get a do-over for what happened with Colonial Marines, albeit with a different studio. And I think whatever else may say going into this episode, I think that is what it achieves. First and foremost, it glosses over that whole thing we now have a decent Aliens Colonial Marines game that isn't that thing. We can forget about that. That's consigned to the past. So that's good. That, that's a good start. Absolutely, yeah. I think that going into it, I, of course, wasn't expecting it to be anything like uh, Alien Isolation or even hold trying to hold it up to that sort of like mantle that that game achieved, right? Kind mm. of doing this thing where it was such a great do-over in terms of just the Alien universe getting a proper game, whether or not it was going to be a stealth game or not. It's just seeing a sort of tie into a movie established universe and then getting gameplay that actually, and I mean, environmentally as well and story-wise, getting a game that really lives up to that universe and telling a proper story in the proper way. And I mean, going into Fireteam, it was just very interesting for me from like a conceptual angle to identify that like, okay, they're making a clear distinction between this being an alien game and it being an aliens game. Cause mm. that sounds simple, but I mean, really when you're thinking about the type of game that is tied to that name, whether it be alien or aliens, it's two very different expectations in terms of an experience and without sort of harping on colonial Marines too much for the, uh, <laughs> the uh, clusterfuck that that was. Um, I was still somewhat wary because again, it's this idea that you're essentially taking what is, I mean, bare bones, it is very much a sort of Left for Dead style mm. horde campaign, right? You're fighting these waves of enemies. There's going to be a lot of sort of drone enemies, which are basically fodder. And then there's going to be specials, uh, special types of mutated xenomorphs in this instance that have different abilities, which kind of ratchet up the action and intensity. And you have to sort of tactically take in the types of enemies that you're facing at any given moment. It's not just mm. sort of thousands of brain-dead zombies, right? Or to the extent of them being xenomorph drones. Um, but I was surprised at just how well, despite the fact that it is tapping into that sort of identity that is tied to something like a Left 4 Dead, that this game does such a great job of really capturing sort of the intensity that I think is very intrinsically tied to aliens, yeah. while never attempting to be anything like Alien or even referencing isolation in a lot of ways, which... While I never thought that this was going to ever be a or strive to be like a stealth experience or anything like that, obviously, 
it's just nice to see it sort of take that alien's identity and then give us this experience that, while not flawless, I found to be much sturdier than I was expecting. Mm, yeah, I mean, considering you know, Cold Iron Studios who made this are relatively small, so uh, you know, you know they they're fans of the Alien franchise, obviously, and they made it quite clear at the beginning of all this that you know they knew they couldn't do anything like Alien Isolation, and that this is what they wanted to do. They wanted to really have a crack at the idea of doing the whole Marines thing and how that ties into the wider universe. I mean, there is some sort of callbacks to stuff from Isolation. The working Joes are in there, you know, the mm-hmm. Sikhs and stuff is all there. And so it gets mentioned. It's like a... In most games that rely on licensing, you know, it's like... It's usually like lots of nods to what happens in the films and whatever. And, you know, there's a bit of that, but there's also a lot of just background stuff, you know, that you find in that universe you know I've stuff I've read in books heard in audio books you know audio dramas you know comics whatever just little touches here and there that sort of add it and add to it it's obviously not easy to take a lot of it in when you're mostly just shooting and story delivery is not easy in, in that environment because you know, aliens never stop coming. It really is like no matter, you can't just sit back and have a breather for a bit in an area because they'll still come. There's some will still just, which is cool because I think it it's rare that you get that in games like this where you know you get no breaks really. You know, you, your breathers are very small windows of time. You're always having to think that something could be coming around the next corner. Sure, you're going to have moments where there are bigger moments that you know you're going to be swarmed, but there's always the threat of something coming after you, which is, you know, yeah, a good way of keeping up the pace. I was very surprised, honestly, by how much lore there is. And I mean, if you're familiar with a lot of the sort of books and comics and things like that, the more extended Aliens universe, as it were, yeah, a lot of that is not necessarily going to surprise you. But if you've only seen the films, I found that this was much more inviting into being an introduction to that extended universe Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, and I mean, like you had said, it's not necessarily the most original concepts in terms of Alien Extended Universe, but there's a great more deal of it than I was expecting. I expected most of it was going to be sort of just the bare bones. This is the a space station that has been infested by Xenos. You got to kill a billion of them or whatever. But yeah. I was really pleased that in the sort of the only real breathers of the game is when you finish a mission or a level yeah. and then you go back to your sort of uh, your ship, basically, where yeah. you can then interact with crew members and sort of you get these little dialogue cues from all of these items that you pick up over the course of missions or you can sort of restock uh, on different types of attachments or perks or different things for each of the classes, which we'll get into but just little bits of dialogue that I felt added a richness to it that don't make this nearly as bland as I thought this was going to be. Yeah. And maybe that's me being a little more cynical than I should be, but I kind of, <laughs> I still have this sort of fear of a lot of tie-in games where it's this idea where it's like, well, we're going to let the name brand sell it rather than actually giving you a certain sense of substance that yeah. actually makes you feel like you're in that universe rather than hey, this is an Aliens game, you're a Marine, and that's the entirety of it. Like, just dialogue in terms of 
detailing what the colonial marines actually do, talking about how there have been these sort of riots amongst the various colonies and the actual responsibilities. Sure, the colonial marines go in and they have these sort of bug hunts and whatnot, but at the same time, there's a purpose outside of just that. Yeah. I mean, again, I think fans of the series will obviously get more out of that than maybe just somebody that is like, well, this kind of looks like a fun deviation from Left 4 Dead or the uh, the World War Z game, which yeah. shares semblances of uh, similarities in terms of the construct of uh, those game experiences. But for somebody that already likes Aliens, I appreciated that. And I mm-hmm. think there's just enough of it that people that maybe are coming into this and don't know a great deal might be like, well, this... This feels like an established universe. This feels like a universe that maybe I would even want to learn more about and go yeah. pick up a comic or pick up an audiobook, like you had said, which I'm definitely appreciative of. Yeah, it's as much as it is about aliens in the same way that Alien Isolation is about alien in taking the core ideas of what makes them tick. Now, this probably takes less from aliens than Isolation did from Alien. Mm-hmm. But in it, like that game, it feeds more into that extended universe, as we were saying, and adds depth to it and makes it interesting. Sure, not it's not all gold. It's uh, as I said, the story itself, overlying it, is yeah, so-so. But yeah, it's for anyone who loves that universe and has, as you said, invested in it. There's something to get out of it. You know, it's like. No matter what, I think if you are a fan of aliens, and I say it very particularly, aliens and the right. idea of swarming ones and pretty much any film that's in the first one, then there's plenty. It is just a great experience for that. You know, lots of different types, you know, and different ways of looking at things and little different stories that don't rely on the sort of retconning done by Ridley Scott, you know, which is a big... Plus, you know, even though there's a little, there's a little bit of that sort of Prometheus-esque stuff in there as well, but it's thankfully very limited. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's that was the other worry I had when I saw there were going to be mutations and things. Thinking, are we going to start acknowledging the whole you know, Prometheus Covenant line of things? You know, mm. whatever you say as films, it's just the case of that. I don't like the whole idea of knowing why the aliens exist you know that that mm. to me doesn't work with the rest of the series so it's like it was, it's good to just have a, something again that's like nah who gives a shit about that and it's like at least but I mean at the same time you, you can also have the complaint that it does kind of water them down a little bit because mm. you know, there are just so many of them and you just shoot so many and when you I can see where people come from a game like Isolation where you know one is enough to be getting on with you know and it's this is like oh yeah but I, these people are mowing down hundreds at a time and getting through but at least it feels you know skinnier teeth and they are professionals that you know, have done this lots of times sort of thing that's the idea uh, whereas you know Amanda Ripley is very much like you know, vulnerable you know plucky character that has to have enough smarts to get through stuff yeah, so, I, but yeah, on a gameplay experience, I can get why that's jarring in much the same way that there are people that sniff at what Cameron did to Xenomorphs, you know, compared to the original design. And yeah, it can't be helped. And it's just a long standing problem with the series, I think. But I think they've done something 
of their own at least you know with it yeah you know it's one of those things where i wouldn't have chose to include some of the nods to uh prometheus and covenant but at the same time i think this is the best case scenario in just how daunting it could be to try to meld this universe into four campaign sections Mm -hmm. and each section breaks down into four levels um i was very nervous upon learning that that i was like well is this just going to be one massive sloppy retconning to make this make sense? And while, again, it's not necessarily a high point, narratively speaking, of extended universe narratives and whatnot, I think in terms of this game, they do a good enough job with it that it works and it's serviceable. Yeah. And I think the biggest indication of that is how the game begins in that when you start the game in the first sort of campaign section, they never try to make it seem as if it is, and of course, because it's aliens and not alien, and you play, the, again, the Colonial Marines, they never try to build any tension in the beginning of the game, right? If they no. do, it's only 10 or 15 seconds long before <laughs> the Xenos show up, right? I mean, my initial fear was is that they were going to look at the success of something like Isolation and be like, well, look how well they capitalized on tension and fear. And in this, we're going to hit you with a different type of fear, which is facing waves of these, and we're mm-hmm. not going to waste a lot of time trying to have these jump scares even though occasionally like a ceiling panel will fall from the sky and nothing will come out but there wasn't this sort of 20 to 30 minute opening prologue where it's like okay well are there xenos here are there not no they're here there's a million of them and we're gonna have to mow down through them um but i guess in terms of transitioning from sort of just the story and how they really tie this into the aliens universe Let's talk about like some of the classes because there's four classes within the course of the game, that being uh, gunner, demolition, technician, and doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll go through all of them, but which one did you sort of gravitate towards the most during your time with uh, Fireteam Elite? Uh, technician, mainly because of that sentry mm-hmm. turret. I'm, I'm a sucker Absolutely. for a character who has a sentry <laughs> turret. It's uh, an essential bit. So yeah, that, that was the majority of my time ended up being that because it was just... I like sort of trying to do things from afar, had the shotgun equipped, you know, I was adamant that that was how I was going to have play this game anyway, that, that I have my keep this handy for the close encounter <laughs> thing. moment. Absolutely. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by the variation in abilities. I kind of assumed that it was going to just be, I wasn't expecting much in terms of the actual perks, having mm. an identity to a class. I was kind of worried that the identity of each class was going to be more tied into the literal weapons. And while that's true, I found that the perks and sort of the, um, the different modifications for the perks and those classes gives a bit more depth to each of the roles and that you really can't play them like any of the other roles, obviously, um, to a certain degree. Um, I really gravitated towards gunner, which has this sort of like overdrive ability, which lets you increase your fire rate. And then you also have a, a grenade that you can kind of use these different modifications for to make it either, uh, a pyrotechnic grenade or sort of like a seismic charge of sorts. Yeah. But again, like I was really taken with the fact that that's sort of the base role out of all of them where it's kind of like, yeah, you want the gun with the most ammo or you want the most destructive uh, close combat weapon, which being that shotgun. But then I found that I actually had to alter my play styles quite dramatically to line up with the perks of the technician, mm. like you had said, or the demolition role, which is the one that uses the smart gun as a backup weapon, essentially, which is fun to use. But then he has this missile launcher and he also has like a concussion grenade. When he slams it on the ground, it pushes all the enemies away. And using those perks, not only to cause the most destruction, but 
using them to aid my teammates in a role other than healing, yeah. I found to be something that gave combat a little more depth to it than I was expecting. I figured it was going to be sort of the go-to scenario where, okay, there's a horde coming, let's go back to back and everybody pick a quadrant and that's your quadrant type thing. But there's a little more depth to all of the perks that give more of an emphasis on uh, on teamwork other than yeah. just like kill everything in that direction. I'll kill everything in this direction. <laughs> yeah, it's um, best appreciated with people. Uh, I mean, it has, uh, to be, absolutely. it has to be said because a lot of this doesn't come across very well when it's bots, I, I find. And I think if that's your impression of the game, it makes it a bit you know, disappointing. Yeah, you know, I, I feel because you feel like you're doing all the monkey work. You know, hats off for the idea of actually having Android to be the bots as well. That, that, that was a that was good. I, I did enjoy at least then playing with them to have these sort of you know alpha and beta guys. Just to piggyback off that for a minute, that's a great example of sort of, you get the sense that these are people that actually really understand the Aliens universe. And again, it's a very minor detail, but just the fact that they are played by androids and that one of them has Tin Man crudely strewn across <laughs> his uh, armor, which I'm sure one of the human colonial marines did to much protest from the android probably. But I just love that little detail because it works within the world. Mm. You're not just having... You couldn't have two... I mean, you could, but it would just bring up the fact that, like, the reminder that if there were two human colonial marine bots, you're just like, well, there's a reason they're doing what they're doing because they are not really people behind them. But if it's an android, you're like, well, yeah, AI, sure. It's not going to ever be as proficient maybe as a person, or in this case, definitely not. But it, this is one of the elements of this game that's really inescapable, and it comes down to this being the type of again, Left 4 Dead, World War Z, Horde mode game that it is, in that the experience is wildly drast- is drastically different mm. than if you're playing with bots versus people. And I can see that that's an important thing to note because, again, not everybody is fortunate enough to have a friends list of people that they could enlist to play it. And I wouldn't be able to recommend this game, honestly, if you were just going to play with bots because yeah. it is so far behind my experience of getting to play with two of my buddies randomly, even if it's only for a few minutes, like that experience of having the coordination and teamwork not only lets you progress much further than those kind of brain dead bots at a certain point, yeah. but overall it just fuels the idea behind this game that you're going to be doing a lot of grinding in Aliens Fire Team. Yeah, yeah I mean part and parcel of a game that uh, it has the promise of more co- stuff coming later. Right. Uh, is that you yeah, going to be left a bit light to begin with then you know for as much as there is there in terms of the campaign it's mm-hmm. still once it's done there's not really much else you can see I mean the differences come in playing it on a higher difficulty and playing it with different people maybe you know because mm-hmm. then you have different and the smart thing here I think does work in its favour is having only three players rather than mm-hmm. four because then you can mix and match the class types and then you're always going to be compensating for something you don't have, uh, which is cool. I think that once you do start uh, leveling these characters up a bit and getting their skill points and stuff, it you know you sort of blend a bit together more than you did at the start. But still, you'll always be missing a little something somewhere. And so it, it, it offers that up in terms of replayability, I think, that you can sort of try different approaches with different character types and because you won't have the full compliment every time it's you know exciting in a way like that way 
Yeah, since you and I were fortunate enough to get to play it before release for a while, I obviously ran into the issue that uh, I was playing at certain times when I couldn't get a squad going, so I played with bots, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would eventually hit a portion of the game where my combat rating was not up to snuff. And I would go back and replay earlier levels, especially once you unlock challenge cards, which essentially offer up a modifier to play style where it's this risk-reward, right? So one of them is you get twice the amount of experience, but you take twice the amount of damage throughout the course of a level. So little things like that where you get this massive risk, but then the reward is much greater, which, again, is not necessarily a new concept to these types of games, but it incentivizes you to sort of go outside of your skill set to maybe take risks in hopes of being able to level up faster. But I did get into a portion of the game where, especially that third one, which dabbles more in the Promethean elements Mm. of things, um, where I hit a wall that I couldn't get past with the bots. So I went back to earlier levels and I started grinding so I could boost either my class, boost my my player level, or like the individual weapons, which I will say I was pleased that there is a more extensive leveling system than I, again, was anticipating. Maybe that's just me being cynical, but I was glad to see that there's more of a progression system to back up that grinding. Now, it doesn't excuse the hurdle that grinding sort of really does become the further into the game you get, but at the same time, at least there is a reward there. So if you are somebody that has friends that's into this and you're willing to put in the hours and you really do want to sort of upgrade that weapon or you're just incentivized to go back and do these things... Um, and again, when we have this limited content right now where it's four campaign sections, each of them is three levels, you are going to replay these levels multiple times. And yeah. that might be more fun with friends. But from my experience, again, playing with just bots a couple of times, I was starting to get pretty annoyed and just like turning my brain off almost and being like, OK, I'm going to run through this level real quick so I can upgrade this gun or upgrade this ability so I can get this new modifier for a perk or something. Mm. Um, so that is really an inevitable hurdle. And it gets to the point where the longevity is really dependent on the group of friends that you have that you're playing this with or even randoms. And just are you guys going to get together and spend a couple hours running through the campaign on a regular basis or play horde mode? I mean, how quickly are people going to burn out, burn out on that limited amount of content? And again, that's one of those things where it's going to vary from play style to play style, player to yeah. player. But it is a hurdle that if that sort of milestone window that supposedly is coming in terms of new post-release content, I think that's really going to be what is the most telling in terms of longe- the actual longevity of Aliens uh, Fireteam Elite. Yeah, I mean, it needs to be fairly swift. I mean, it's true of even the games that do all right, you know, in this genre, World War Z, you know, is now like notoriously cheap anytime it goes on sale because it keep, helps keep the player base up. And you know, they've already started quite cheap here. You know, it's over here as a 35 quid sort of game, you know, so which is you know, reasonable. You know, that's mm. you know, half the price almost of most big games these days. So then they know what they're putting out, they know that it's not everything and shouldn't they don't expect you to pay a premium for it because it's. You know, it is what it is. They're not offering you a, a smorgasbord of single players, multiplayer sort of stuff. It is just, this is it for now. And especially in an era where, you know, there are free games that constantly update and add new things and it, it gets to a point where you can't compete with that because there's a mindset of a large audience now where 
that's the, what they expect. Uh, and so they're relying on two things at the minute, which is the you know, the old fan base of Alien and Aliens and all that to sort of play it and then hope that word of mouth sort of gets it beyond that. I think to do that um, would require more than just uh, more content, if you will. You know, it, it needs to there needs to be tweaks and fixes to the game itself because yeah, as we've been saying, it's fun here and there when you're getting into those encounters and you're teaming up with people and you're strategizing. But essentially, it's looping over the two things that happen in Aliens over and over again, which is you know the, the discovery part of the mission and the siege part of the mission. I suppose the escape part, if you will, to a little, a smaller degree. So it's taking all those bits of Aliens and not the bits in between, which sort of, you know, the, the lulls and the human drama, which, you know, you can't, it's a multiplayer game, it's harder to do, that's understandable. You have to have some substantial sort of weight behind you to sort of have the time to get all that in as well and make it matter. So, yeah, there's the conundrum. It's like, how do you change things up? And maybe different ways of playing uh, is, is going to be key, I think. Not Battle Royale. We don't have to worry about that. We're not, I'm, not <laughs> suggesting, I'm not suggesting that. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's got to be uh, something else. Because, yeah, and it's, and it's not the fault of Cold Iron, you know, that they're on a smaller budget than most, if, you know, certainly smaller budget than they had for Colonial Marines, you know, as Sega did. But um, it's, you know, it looks and feels cheap at times because of that. And I think it's. I think if it was a normal game without that license, it wouldn't matter, because it would just be like you'd understand that. But because it's got the aliens license attached to it, there's like this instant assumption in people's heads, and even mine to a degree, it tricks me occasionally. Where it's like, this feels like it should be a bigger budget, you know, like just because there's the name. But it's like, but on the other hand, I'm thinking, yeah, but then think of all the games that come before and how many of them weren't <laughs> like that. Right. And it's like how bad some of those were and how bad they looked. So, yeah, yeah, I just think it's because modern licensed games tend to be quite you know, snazzy looking and big budget now. And it's, you know, generally, I mean, yeah. <laughs> in the horror space, you know, you have some that do, some that don't. But, um, yeah, it's not really about how we see it in that regard. It's about how the people who play certain games all the time are going to adapt to this and want to play this more and more. If it's not looking a certain way or playing a certain way, they're not going to stick with it. That was, it's, again, no fault of Cold Irons. I think, though, with the budget release of it and given it will probably have like a, you know, a big pack version when all the stuff's out later on, I think it'll do well enough, you know, and I think they'll do well out of it. And I think that's what matters there is that They've steadied a ship that you know was already a bit wobbly in that, you know, trying to do an aliens game that was decent and uh, without having to have Predator there or without. So, yeah, as I sort of said at the top of the show, what they set out to do was make a good aliens game. They did. It was decent. There's no doubt about that. It just feels very raw at this point. You know, there's feels 
undercooked a little, you know. It's got everything it needs for now, but yeah, it feels like it needs a bit longer in the oven, so to speak, for in terms of things to do. I will say, I think that this game really has some strong moments Hmm. and sections, but as a whole experience, I find it feels very formulaic in a lot of ways. It feels sort of just, okay, the environments are changing up, but this basically almost falling to a T, the sort of flow of the previous campaign or the previous level to a way whereby the second or third uh, campaign section, I was like, okay, I know the exact beat I'm going to hit almost at the precise second that it's about to kick off. Yeah. And like you had said, there's only so many types of experiences that are here on day one. Um, in terms of moving forwards, and I don't necessarily have the answer to this, but I need to see some sort of evolution on the overall experience tied to a specific campaign. Yeah. I need to see something more than just you're going to go to defend, you're going to go to siege, and then you're going to do some type of escape segment. Um, and while it became formulaic, again, there are glimmers of mini pockets of what I found to be some really undeniably tense moments for me where Mm. you kind of have, and I think that this is what separates this game a little more than some of the other horde or wave-based games that I mentioned, Um, obviously Left 4 Dead or World War Z being the, uh, the most recent example of this, and that being sort of the way that the enemies interact. Yeah. Um, Of course, like I said at the top of the show, you have sort of the fodder aliens, and then you have the special mutated types, which have different abilities and whatnot. But I found the implementation and just the overall AI or maybe just combat patterns in general, I found them to be more varied in a way that I don't generally associate with a game like this. Like even the fodder enemies, they go on... So I'll I'll use World War Z as an example. I find that largely it just it's overwhelming experience uh, because of the size of the horde. But everybody's doing... All the enemies are doing the same thing for the most part. So it's more about like, okay, I have to mow into this crowd of 75 zombies. That's more tense than if it was 20 zombies. It's more of a numbers game. Whereas I found with Fireteam Elite, I was more tense when facing these drones, these basic enemies, because... Some of them were on the ceiling. Some of them were running at me. And also, there's this thing where if you don't immediately headshot them and maybe you do like a couple of torso shots, sometimes they stumble and they slide towards you. And so that in and of itself, kind of going from killing one, shooting one, going to another, and then realizing you didn't kill the last guy and he's still coming at you. I found that to be very overwhelming sometimes. And it doesn't even have to be an instance of getting swarmed by 15 of them or something. It could just be five of them. And that's an element that at its most basic uh, combat moments, I found to be more fulfilling, but also more challenging in a way I don't typically associate with these. With I mean, we want to talk about uh, wave-based sort of games. We did an episode on uh, Back for Blood recently, right? And yeah. those intense moments always came from getting surrounded, which is, again, something that derives from uh, a Left 4 Dead, right? You, it, the most tense moments are when you're surrounded, you're spinning around, you can't move because they're blocking you and you're getting hit. Which one am I going to shoot? I'm just going to shoot blindly into this horde that surrounded me. Yeah. But with Alien, it didn't need to be, again, like 30 or 40 of them. It just needed to be three or four of them because sometimes you can't necessarily predict the movements or you have to contend with multiple enemy movements and yeah. combat patterns, which I think that gives a certain credence to the basic enemy, which I call, I keep referencing to it as fodder, but in reality, it's not really fodder because I don't treat it as such. I treat every instance of combat like it is a threat 
that really needs to be given my full attention. I can't just be like, well, I'll shoot in this general direction. No, I have to aim at the, at the wall. I have to aim at the ceiling down below type thing. And I think that if they evolve on that in a way, I don't know if they would, but I think that that sort of attention to the most common enemy gives this game a certain level of, uh, or requires a certain level of strategery that I don't typically associate with these t- uh, styles of games. And that's before even the specials show up. I mean, mm. the special uh, xenomorph types are, yeah, they call them mutations and they give them special names like Prowler or things. But essentially it's, again, you have a spitter type, you have an exploder, a grappler that pins you. But I found that they incorporated those into the more common enemies more, not creatively, but more sparingly in certain instances, other than the one that um, that haunt, that uh, stalks you. I think it's called the Prowler, the one that kind of yeah. hides around corners and pins you. Yeah. That one, uh, <laughs> speaking of the game kind of feeling cheap at times, that's the only one that you can really see coming. Sometimes when you're yeah. walking down a corridor, you can see its head pop out from the yeah, side. Yeah, like, oh yeah, the amount of times I just sort of saw it and go, oh, there you are, kill you. Yeah. You know, like then to, but then, to be fair, there, it puts you at a sense of ease because then you end up just getting jumped when you don't mm. suspect it. So yeah. it works in a way that some would be like that. And just to sort of go off your point about um, the way they interact and react, it's also noticeable things like the fodder acts like fodder in the best way in the in the very insect-like way that you'd expect you know mm. they sacrifice themselves to take up your turrets for instance you know they'll leap at it knowing that it's going to kill but the acid blood will obviously help destroy it and you know, mm. the amount of times you see that is quite frightening especially when you're really up against it and you, you've got like a couple of turrets and that's it it, it becomes like and they're just swarming onto it. it it's really cool to see that sort of thing and I think then obviously when they introduce you know the android-esque and soldier type enemies you know, the human and android stuff it, it, yeah, which you, know, you can kind of see coming because when you see that there's like half cover walls and everything you're like why would I need half cover walls against aliens <laughs> it's like, it's like, right. like yeah so yeah when they come it's like that sort of changes things up a bit you know because you can have them fighting each other you know you can have but yeah I, I wasn't a fan of that particular side of things necessarily but I think what you were saying about Back to Blood is interesting because there they are very much in your face all the time and that that's going to happen whatever here it's very much the idea is to keep them as far away from you as possible at all times because you don't want to be fighting them up close because it's blood, the acid and you know the higher difficulty the more damage that does which is cool to think of in terms of dangers and stuff but uh, then especially you have like the spitting one and now that flings it out and exploding one it's, it really does become something quite intensely you know intense as you uh, get to those higher difficulty levels because just one of those exploder types coming in you know at the wrong moment it could just derail everything you know like mm-hmm. that and I, I don't know that's probably where you know for grinding sake, you kind of want to be slightly on easier difficulty levels just to get through it, you know? Right. But the real thrill of it and how the aliens do damage doesn't really come into it unless you're playing on higher difficulties because then it feels like a fight against 
aliens uh, as xenomorphs because you know you have to watch out for the acid blood they swarm from everywhere you don't have time to read everything at once so you'll kind of have to do your own job of figuring out where to concentrate on next so yeah it's that becomes even harder though with the human and uh, android enemies as I said because it just I didn't care for shooting other people I know they were trying to go for a bit of variety mm-hmm. throwing things out of it like that but they hint at stuff you know about like alien races and things like this that they could have lived here there everywhere it's like why weren't they in it then you know it's like I, I get you know that maybe they're teasing that for something in the future mm-hmm. but it's just like I'd, the minute was for, you know the first battle against like human type enemies and this gunfight and it's just like it's not fun unless you know the aliens are involved as well and, uh, and then obviously it's like a freeway fight and yeah it's I could have done with less of it I mean the working Joe's bit was quite cool and good I like that where the you know going through the factory and then all sort of mm. activating in that room was really cool because it just sort of brought back those terror memories of isolation and just like yeah. one of them coming after you it's like <laughs> somehow yeah so that was cool but yeah humans less so it just like yeah that whole element um, I definitely agree and it's a shame that it takes so long for the three way fight to occur right because mm-hmm. you have to play through one or two campaign chapters before you get to that well maybe that's not true but it, there were there's enough of sort of just the one-on-one battle types where it's like we're going to introduce the androids and then the, the human type stuff and then they introduce the xenomorphs as the third yeah. or whatnot which those moments are really satisfying but for it, i found it to be very bizarre that those three-way fights were fewer of those moments rather than i actually wanted right you have these brief sort of glimmers of it where you have one or two engagements and then it could be another entire mission before you come across another one of those um, in a way that was disappointing. But again, like I think when we're talking about the baseline experience for this $40 game, that's very much multiplayer focused. Yeah. At least from a baseline standpoint, I think we can see the potential in a lot of these things and what's delivered, I think is promising while not perfect in most ways. But at the same time, I find that just the base core line experience is competent enough that I had enough fun with it for the, I don't know how many hours I played, 15 hours maybe probably at this point. Uh, I played a good chunk of it, but it just it's a little frustrating, but at least we can start to see the direction that we're headed in, in a way that I mean, there's so much potential, and especially when they're talking about this narrative where um, Weyland-Yutani is doing these experiments, and there are these mutations, I mean, they can, and seemingly they can draw from the Prometheus Covenant stuff the creativity is the only limitation that it seems that they have with this license at this point in time. So I am optimistic in terms of what else they can draw from, from the aliens established universe or things that they can create and things that they can make mold into hopefully a little more varied of an experience for the next campaign section and chapters that go along with that. I'm hoping they don't run into any sort of issues now because when they started making this game obviously Fox weren't owned by Disney correct um, so now of course Disney owns that and you know while they've been quite good with other companies sort of using their games you know, and their licenses to make games in recent mm-hmm. months I do wonder if they'd be like well, I kind of want to give someone else a chance with this now because you know, they'll look for where they can get the most money who's to do the best of this but I, like I said on the plus side of that 
it's not like they're just going for the big companies and the big things and all just the same kind of Marvel-esque games and whatever. Because, uh, you know, as we've just seen this week, you know, they gave her access to make XCOM the Marvel license, you know, to make mm-hmm. their thing. So it stands to reason that, you know, the red-headed stepchild of their Fox properties <laughs> now, they'll be like, yeah, well, you know, if it's doing all right, no problem. It's just that they struggle to sort of make it work to kind of worry for it in the long run and you know Disney's uh, shall we say questionable tactics in terms of uh, how they handle stuff like that it, it could prove a problem down the line not I don't think we'll get you know another Friday the 13th game situation but it's because you know it, if we do it would be out of selfish Disney basically wanting to not do anything with it but it could still cause some issues down the line which you know it's true of any licensed game it's like mm. how to think of how many licensed games from the past you can't play now without emulators or something because nobody can nobody wants to pay for that you know to, right. to make it again so the, and that's what that's that's gonna be a word but then as we were saying yeah if it hasn't got longevity anyway it's not gonna matter but uh uh, yeah, it's it's nice to have an aliens game that works and is fun to play with other people, and that without sort of stretching to that point, like with Colonial Marines, where you could say, well, at least in multiplayer, it's okay, only because it was fucking hilarious. Some of the shit right. went wrong, <laughs> yeah, not because it was a good aliens game at all. <laughs> right? Uh, at least here, it's like it's good because of the alien stuff and like. While you know it's still relatively mindless at times, and like this, especially when you're playing without people, it's just this monotonous and horrible. In the way that many multiplayer games should be, you know, that if they're designed for multiplayer, they should be unpleasant to play with bots because yeah. <laughs> it's just reminding you that you know people are the way forward with these things. But uh, yeah, so I hope I hope for a good future for it you know, because. They've done a lot out the bat, out of the gate. There's you know, clear love the, the subject matter. So I really do hope that they get this content out and gets word of mouth and sort of keeps going and does well enough. You know, I, that's good enough. Um, I mean, Alien as a franchise, anyway, its reputation is a bit up and down these days because of you know Ridley's, but. Um, uh, there's still plenty of people that love it you know, and still want to be for having new things about it. We're going to have the, the series that will come out, you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's got a good chance, you know, on that license alone, it's got a chance of sort of existing. But yeah, there's, there's a few alien games in the past that, you know, have been lost to time one way or the other because... Uh, there's quality or licensing issues but uh, hopefully this this will get better with time yeah absolutely and I think that I'm definitely optimistic about the future of Fireteam Elite because of the amount of care in certain areas of this game that it has received it feels like it's made by fans in a lot of ways yeah. and a lot of like we had said about isolation that felt like people that thoroughly understand the universe thoroughly knew how to expand on it and how to reference past things without it sort of just resting on the laurels of the established films and all the love for them, right? It kind of builds off of them and is a companion to them 
rather than just being sort of like a flashback of nostalgia. Um, obviously, this is a much different type of game, but moving forwards, I would hope that the team applies that same love of the universe to new original ways to expand on it. Yeah. I mean, I I could very easily see them getting into like skins or even character classes of different uh, characters throughout the film's history yeah. and things like that. I, that could be like the very easy answer to DLC and all these things. But I would hope that moving forwards, we see original content that is developed, yeah. whether it be campaigns or characters or classes and these types of things that actually shows a general understanding of the extended universe, which I think this game has inklings of. Again, none of it is necessarily perfect. Like we said, the narrative for the campaign is is serviceable, but yeah. at least it feels like it understands. It's stuffing all of this history and lore and love into something that is more palatable almost than I think it should be in a lot of ways uh, than I was anticipating. But it's one of those things that they... And again, I don't know necessarily about the success of the game up until this point. It seems that it's kind of receiving a lot of uh, middle-of-the-road reviews in a lot of ways. But I would hope that whatever success they're receiving with this game, that they're going to move in a direction that is not sort of, again, just resting on the laurels of Alien and sort of carving their own chapter in this universe, and specifically in the Aliens universe, that maybe has semblance of previous aliens experiences but it's it's still moving in a direction that feels wholly original in a way that it feels like a a companion piece rather than just a retelling of history and i mean the main thing for me i think for the next campaign that they release it needs to be looking at the fundamental flow of the sort of experiences that we've had so far because for the 15 hours i spent with it i grew very tired with the flow of those and being able to predict everything that was coming even if maybe specific variables were different or aesthetic variables were different. It's not a xenomorph. It's a mutant uh, Promethean type thing. It's still the same flow of levels, design and whatnot. It was a, a lot of the game has that very 2008 sort of, this room looks very clearly like I'm about to be ambushed by a bunch of enemies sort of thing. You know, it's like, there's a lot of that. Yes. It's again, not the fault of the developer. I think it's just unfortunate that, that's been some, done so much and so many games have tried to push away from that and be these more um, unclear in, in what they're trying to do next but yeah it's very very obvious here you know, it, much like it was back then there's like no attempt to hide it and which is again something that can be fixed slightly in, in time I think and tweaked but like I said I think going into that next thing it, it will be a case of learning from this stuff what they've done and maybe it'll be a very different campaign you know, in terms of offer something a bit wild a bit different crazy enemy types you know you've got a whole lot of weird alien designs out there for, from the toy lines and the you know the films so christ get the fucking baby thing from resurrection you know, in there it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like I have one that's actually, yeah, have a section where it is more like horror, where, you know, you are like a low weapon count or something, and you have to go around a small area avoiding you know, one enemy for a while. But just something to break up the routine, as you say, which is so predictable uh, and large. It will ultimately, as it stands, be why many people will be like, pick it up for a bit and leave it. And that be it. Like I said before, 
I think people will get a lot out of it for what, even a short time playing it. It's just that I get the demand is for more, 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 more. I want reasons to keep playing this game. It's like, come on, not everybody has you no know, hundreds of hours for every fucking game they play. <laughs> right. It's like so. Sometimes it's good that a game has a bunch of content when it comes out. You play it; it's fun enough. You have a good time. You don't touch it for a while. A new thing comes out for it. You play it again for a bit. You know, it used to be the way of it a bit more where you'd had those sort of waves. You know, but of course, with the way things are now with live service games, there's this expectation that there's always going to be something just new every few weeks to sort of you know distract you from whatever's going on <laughs> uh, and right. keep vying for your time and short of doing what you know. Activision does and trying to take up your entire hard drive to ensure you keep playing the game. You know, it's you've got to have something interesting. And but I think this is the nice alternative. It could get a lot of casual gamers in, you know, who like aliens and all that sort of stuff and like co-op shooters want to play with their mates. A couple of weekends like this, brilliant, done. You know, you've had your money's worth, I feel. If you've completed the game with your mates for like 10 or so hours or 15 or so hours, and it, it yeah, so we shall see in the long run how if that's where its uh, appeal ends up lying, but it feels like that's the best thing to get out of it right now. Yeah, you know, it's one of those games that based off of my time with it, I'm optimistic also because I can see the longevity factor six months, 12 months down the road in terms of, this is obviously so long as it's being supported properly mm. with content DLC, but this is one of those games that I find it really is approachable to veterans of the, or fans of the Alien franchise and whatnot that really gravitate towards all the extra little tidbits we've been talking about, the lore, getting to use the pulse rifle and all these things and getting more out of it. But the core gameplay experience that's there is something that is malleable, that is uh, serviceable enough and also malleable enough that the way that they can grow that in a year's time yeah. by, I mean, it re- if we're going to be realistic about this, like this is a game that if it ends up on PlayStation Plus or a Game Pass or something like that and a wider audience gets access to it and I'm thinking of PS Plus uh, specifically because Predator's Hunting Ground just came out, is coming out for that uh, the yeah. following month, I believe that was just announced and that's one of those games that I mean, when it comes to having a large audience and the admission fee is free, it's one of those things that I could see it flourishing and the developers are essentially getting that second wind, right? They're kind of, they've learned more about the game, the community, what people want, what needs to be there to make it thrive and succeed and grow a community around it. Yeah. And it, of course, it's always kind of a shame that you're not able to have that audience from day one for a majority of these games, but outside of sort of the yearly uh, multiplayer shooters that we get, it's not realistic, right? And so I think that this is one of those examples of a game that it's not just that, it's more about them not having the audience on day one. It's not that this is a horrible, broken mess that you tire of after 90 minutes or something like that. It's more about you have this game that has some growth that it needs, and yet once the community actually shows up for the game, then hopefully it will be a product that they are more taken with because it has more of the features and expands upon them in the ways that we've been talking about. Yeah, uh, you know, I think given you know, the expectation levels for it, I think the success is a lot more reasonable you know, here mm. because you know, the, the expectation isn't as high. You know, 
it's a common thing in, in games, especially with multiplayer ones, when they come out, it's like if they don't hit this certain magic number, then they're a failure. Like that, I mean, if they dip at all, they're a failure. It's like you said it before, you know, there's so many multiple big games out there where people who stop playing claim that it's a dead game because they're like, well, I stopped playing, so everyone must have, sort of thing. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, you, you out of however many million people it's like and who still play it but um i think you know this is a lower bar you know there'll be some a few thousand here and there to keep steady and then little spikes here and there like you said by having ps plus or ps now or game pass or whatever you know or you know tie it in nicely with you know something coming out for it you know that it works perfectly so yeah it i think you know, as much as we sat here worrying maybe that it might suffer because of uh, uh, its limitations, it also doesn't have to aim as high as some games. And it'd be, if it does better than that, nice. You know, But if it makes its money back and they can carry on making things, great. That's good. That, that's the bottom line of it. And hopefully that's easy enough to come by. For them. It's a game, again, you know, I'm a little more, uh, I'm more cynical than most, but it was a game that I... I was worried about them living up to the name brand mm. and the fact that we this is the product that we got and while again there's some growth that it needs I was pleasantly surprised by just the core vanilla experience that we got in terms of it having moments that feel like alien my again my worry was that we're going to take the alien name and we're going to slap this experience on that is completely devoid of any essence of aliens Whereas this game has brief moments of it, it's more about them sort of fleshing that out throughout the entire course of our time with the game, which is a little more sporadic. But I find a lot of optimism in seeing those glimmers of moments that actually capture the essence of what is one of, uh, like I said, one of our favorite uh, film brands and franchises in general in terms of the sort of extended universe stuff. But uh, yeah, hopefully we will, uh, we will be seeing some more updates for uh, Aliens Fireteam in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, being fans of uh, this franchise, you, you're already kind of set up for things being disappointing. So it's, it's yeah. nice to, that something bucks the trend. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. But uh, as always, Neil, it's a pleasure uh, talking horror with you for Safe Room. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to another episode of Safe Room. Please consider following and rating the show on your preferred podcast platform. And for updates on the show, follow us on Twitter at Safe Room Pod. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.